Welcome back to the Real Life Podcast, guys. We're today going to be talking about the nominations for the Oscars this year, 2021. Who's been nominated and who we want to win. I am Joe. I'm Ryan. And today we're joined by a very special guest. He has his own film podcast that we very much enjoy. He was also a manager at at the cinema that myself and Joe used to work at. It's Rob Lucas. Welcome to the show. Hi, I am here and oh, isn't it a lovely day? Look at the sky. (laughs) Not a cloud in the sky here in sunny Miami where we're shooting from. (laughs) And uh, as Joe mentioned, we're going to be talking about the Oscar nominations. Uh, The Oscars are on this weekend, so very, very exciting. It's been a good year for film, albeit... A bad one in terms of the pandemic and stuff like that, but um, but exciting nonetheless. So we're going to be talking about who we think will win and who we want to win. So what is the first category we're going to be talking about, Rob? We'll be talking about visual effects to begin with. We will obviously be building up to the big one of Best Picture, but let's start with visual effects. So the nominees are Love and Monsters, The Midnight Sky, Mulan, The One and Only Ivan, and Tenant. Tenant. <laughs> that was a very short conversation. <laughs> On to the next category. No, I was correcting you. <laughs> tenant is the title. Tenet. 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 You said tenant. Tenet. Look, right, if he doesn't know how to name his own films or be able to name them properly, Tenet. All I have for you is a word. Tenet. It'll open the right doors. Some of the wrong ones, too. Start looking at the world in a new way. I personally think that Tenant will take it home for the <laughs> the special effects category, the visual effects category. I haven't seen all of them in the category. To be honest. It might be the only one that I've seen in the category actually. So, so yeah, for for me, Tenant, I want to win, and I think Tenant will win based on what we've seen at the Baftas so far, and the fact that it's. You know, it's probably the biggest blockbuster that we've seen released this year. I think it's going to be hard struck to go against Mulan. Mm. Not because Mulan's a better film, but because the visual effects in Mulan, like the CGI special effects of it, are more intense than Tenant. Tenant just has, I would say, Tenant's a far better choreographed film, definitely. Mm -hmm. But I didn't look at Tenant and go, there's a CGI character like in Mulan. There's lots of changes and transformations in Mulan. There's lots of splices between reality and not in Mulan and that's the same as that's almost the same as the Midnight Sky where the mastery of the Midnight Sky is that he's in that wasteland and it looks like a wasteland where Tenant is a brilliant film no doubt but there's nothing where I'm going and that's where the visual effects are he shot mm. the film forwards and backwards at the same time which is a masterpiece in itself mm. but it's not it's not a visual effect mm. it's not something that I go Oh, and there's the bit, you know, it's it's far more choreographed than I think. Yeah, and it's more, ten, it's more like practical special effects, I guess, yeah. isn't it? Rather than something like Mulan or even The Midnight Sky is probably a little bit more kind of digital. Yeah, I mean, like, throughout effects. his whole career, people have always praised Nolan for the amount of practical effects he, like, injects into his films. So, like, The Dark Knight and, um, you know, Tenet, of course. And uh, personally... To me, I know you're not actually going to agree, but I think Love of Monsters is going to win. The day of the monster uprising was the day I lost everyone. Only a small fraction of humanity survived to move underground. 
I've been scanning for Amy the entire time. And now, I finally found her. Every second, I feel like in that film, there is a large monster, and then they focus on the cityscapes being destroyed, and what they look like afterwards, and like you were saying about Midnight Sky, you know, looking like a wasteland, but in Love and Monsters, all of the buildings are still there, but they're destroyed, and I feel like it's so good. And of course you've got Dreamy Dylan O'Brien in it as well, which is... Uh... Oh, yeah, my favourite. That's the only thing it's got going for it. Yeah, exactly, monsters, because so... it's very average. I'm not going to lie to you, like, it's not going to win anything for... Uh... You know, best screenplay or best picture. Obviously, because it hasn't been uh, nominated. Moving on. What's the next category, Rob? <laughs> Sound. Okay. The nominees are Greyhound, Mank, News of the World, Soul, and Sound of Metal. I think we can all agree on who we think is going to win and who we want to win as well. For Sound? Yeah. I'm unsure. Oh. I think Soul has... Every single moment that film has a sound. Today started out as the best day of my life. Back here tonight, first show's at seven. Yes! Woohoo! You know what that's gonna say? Joe Gardner! <laughs> I did it! I got the gig! It's almost as if Birdman, that Birdman, had that beautiful sequence in it where the jazz was all sort of going and out and then there was that moment where he walked past the jazz yeah. as he was going insane, Michael Keaton in the film, and that's where it all came together. And I think Soul has that inside it as well. Unlike Mank and unlike Greyhound and unlike News of the World and even unlike Sound of Metal, mm. it has, there is no moment where there isn't that jazz beat or that clicky bit. And yeah. I think it's a thing that runs all the way through the film. If you could say one thing about Soul, it's that it creates sound, definitely. Yeah. Where Sound of Metal is the opposite and has an absence of it. Yes, that's true. I presume you're going to go Sound of Metal. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think I think we're both leaning towards Sound of Metal <laughs> for this category. I can't hear you. Do you understand me? I can't. I'm deaf. I'm deaf. I think in terms of the distortion and the sound mixing, uh, as well as the sound design, I think uh, I've never quite seen a movie like Sound of Metal in terms of... Mm -hmm. Uh, in terms, in terms of the, the scenes where he's he's lost his hearing and it's kind of so he gets the new implant, of course, Reuben, and then th it's not quite to his liking. I think he thinks that it's going to solve all of his issues, and he works out that it's not solving all of his issues. He's not going to get his hearing back to what it was, um, and he, he that's his last hope really for for clawing back his career yeah. in the music industry as a drummer. Um, but I think the sound really kind of helps the story, obviously, um, move along in this situation. So, so I think when a movie that is about sound uh, features sound design and sound mixing so heavily, it's kind of hard for the Academy to ignore that. But then I would parry that Soul is equally like that because it's about how he plays jazz and how he creates that feeling. And yeah. what you're saying is you're saying that the film that the sound in the film, the sound design in the film, is almost the catalyst for the film. Mm. However, I would say that's more story where film. Where if I was, yeah. if you could watch Soul without the sound, without the picture, and you could probably put towards the sound because the, the sound is so brilliant. Yeah. And you're talking about diegetic and non-diegetic as well, mm -hmm. yeah. which is really important from a, from a perspective of talking, but not from a perspective of a film, mm. where I think the academies will look at non-diegetic sound a lot more. Yeah. Because it play if you like if you 
if you watched Sound of Metal without the picture, you couldn't put it together through it's, because the tone of it is so matching with your yeah. visuals and yeah. your. It's a brilliant directed film. We'll get to that, but it is not a brilliantly crafted piece of sound, in mm. my opinion, compared to Soul. And uh, by the way, I didn't like Soul particularly, but I'm not stupid enough to not see its successes. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but when you were talking about how Soul does it all better, really, with the sound, do you not feel that Sound of Metal's attempt to uh, get close to that for a live-action film was more impressive than an animated feature? No, because I've seen... Because I think that if you watch a film... So if you if you know your history of cinema, I've seen all the things that I've seen in Sound of Metal before placed differently. So when he sort of is going in and out of hearing, it's like when you see um, in Raging Bull when he gets boxed and he's got that... He feels like he's underwater or in... Um, not in Fight, yeah, in Fight Club, when he says that the volume's all turned down. Mm. I've, I've heard all those tricks before where Soul is a film that's about jazz... It's about the playing of jazz and it's about how we create sound. That's the whole point of Soul, where Sound of Metal is, if he didn't go deaf, you wouldn't have a film. You wouldn't have a film if he didn't go deaf. Where Soul, if he didn't play jazz, you would still probably have a good film, but it's so integral to the storyline. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I can agree with that, mostly. So, just to clarify, Rob thinks that Soul's going to win... Myself and Joe think that Sound of Metal is going to win. Correct. So we'll see on Sunday uh, when the Oscars are on. <laughs> it's unlikely that it's going to be something completely different, like Greyhound. Yeah. <laughs> Mank is going to win it. <laughs> Mank's going to win everything. Right, we'll get to oh, Mank and we'll what I think he's going to win. Uh, let's go on to... We'll go on to the musical. Why not? It seems to be a nice okay. thing. Yeah. For original score. So we have The Five Bloods, Mank... Min, how are we going to pronounce this now? Minari. Minari. We're going Minari. News of the World and Soul. Now, I think Soul's going to win. See above. Mm-hmm. Just, just saying. I, I agree with you. I think, I think that Soul will win. It's worth mentioning for this round, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross are nominated for two. Mm-hmm. Right? So they, they did the score for Mank and for Soul. Yeah. Right? So I think when you're nominated twice, it's pretty, it's pretty obvious that you know, you're going to win for one of those. The odds are that they will win for one of those. Um, and I think that Soul, a movie about music, and like you yeah. said, the jazz really helps the story move along and the film move along. And with any Pixar film, a lot of the emotion comes from the music, right? But so, so I think that Soul will win. But with that being said, I want Minari to win. I, I really felt that it was quite a, a gentle score. I just felt that it was kind of the str- very kind of strings led. I just I liked the feeling of the Minari score. Uh, I think it did lend itself to that kind of family feeling that the Minari is trying to go after. Mm. What do you What do you think, Joe? So I do agree with you both, thinking that Soul is going to win. But I can also see news of the world winning because I don't know if you guys have seen that film at I all. haven't seen that one no have you I let it? it pass me by unfortunately well it's a good western full stop really and the score really reflects that and it's like you can tell that they've crafted it just so it can show how sweeping each of the western landscapes are in America and um, yeah you can really feel it as well and I, in a way, I sort of want that to win because it was so... I don't feel I've seen that or heard that for a long time. Okay, let's go on to film editing. Yeah. We have The Father, Nomad. Yeah. Or Nomad. 
Nomadland. 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 Yep, because she's a nomad. Promising Young Woman, mm-hmm. Sound of Metal, and The Trial of the Chicago 7. I'm going to say Sound of Metal because I spoke to Mikel and he also won the, the BAFTA for it. And I want to say I interviewed an Oscar winner, guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, just a title I can use on my Tinder profile. <laughs> nice, yeah. Yeah, that's definitely going to get you loads of babe. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, I agree with you. I think that it was edited very well, especially, you know, the the actual kind of music scenes yeah. in the beginning and and throughout the beginning of the movie. Um, I thought they were cut together really well. I thought that there were no scenes really that were, were irrelevant to the story. Everything mm. added to the story, which is always something that a good editor can, can do and, to, and can work out how to move the story along. So I think Mikhail's done a good job there. Mm. Um, yeah, everything else in the category. So Promising Young Woman, I think, was quite good in terms of pacing. So starts fairly slow and it's a slow burner working towards that 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 climax and uh, revelation at the end of the movie um but i think i agree with you joe not just because we've had him on the show before yeah. but i think that that he will win the sound of metal i mean you've heard the interview do you not feel that the amount of reasoning and thought that went behind each uh, decision he made do you don't do you not feel like it is unheard of really yeah, yeah, I, th- I think obviously a lot of a lot of love and a lot of thought has gone into it to yeah. to put across this story and a lot about, of years. Yeah, to put across this story about you know losing your hearing and mm. of, also fighting your passion for something. Yeah. Um, so I think yeah, uh, his skill is very, very, very much prevalent in Sound of Metal. Um, but what do you think, Rob? Do you agree with us? Or? Well, I think passion doesn't equal awards. That's true. So. I mean that you guys have interviewed him, and I've heard it, and it's amazing. Mm. They haven't heard that. The Oscar winner, like the Oscar yeah. noms, aren't going to have heard that. That's why I think the trial of Chicago Seven. Okay. Because I think the way that it's edited between the courtroom, their personal struggles, and then Sasha Baron Cohen's character's stand-up and the past all interplay is the part of the film with the editing. I can see that. I think that's the that's really integral to it. We want to underscore again that we're coming to Chicago peacefully, but whether we're given permits or not, we're coming. We're going to Chicago to protest the Vietnam War. And there's no place to be right now but in it. We watched for a decade while these rebels without a job tell us how to prosecute a war. It's sort of like a memento almost, where you're not quite sure when the time span is and where it's going, which works in its favour. If you put that film... So you had it just where it's one long sequence, then another long sequence, then a long sequence. It'd be the most boring film in the world, mm. where because of how it's put together, that's what makes the film compelling. So I think that will win over Sound of Metal. I'm not saying Sound of Metal wasn't good at film editing, yeah. simply that the, Chicago, the Trial of Chicago 7, again, I'm thinking what's integral to the storyline and not what is almost superfluous. Because mm. Sound of Metal is a brilliantly made and edited film, but... Again, it's about if you took out the editing of Trial of Chicago 7, you'd have nothing. Yeah. Whereas Promising Young Woman, you could take out the editing and still be an incredible film yeah. because it's got something different where I think it will win in a different location. Mm. Where the Trial of Chicago 7 needs it. It's crucial. Should we go on to animated film? One, two, three, soul. <laughs> <laughs> I really want um, Onward to win. Okay. I loved Onward. I loved Onward more than life itself. This spell brings him back. For one whole day, Dad will be back. What? Back? Like, back to life? That's not possible. It is with this. I'm gonna meet Dad? 
enjoyed it as well. I enjoyed Onward as well. Oh. I think it's a good, good, good movie. Here we go. Sorry, I'll just read the oh. nominated feature films. Here. Go for it. Onwards, Over the Moon, A Shaun the Sheep movie, Farmageddon, oh. Oh. Soul, and Wolfwalkers. Okay. Can I can I firstly say that Wolfwalkers is actually a really good movie? I've heard that. It's heard it's it's a really good movie. Hand drawn animation, yeah. which is I think it's the only one in the category that's mm-hmm. hand drawn. You, you know, an Irish story, which is you know, n- there's not many of those, especially when it comes to animation, mm. which is quite nice. Um, about a young girl who's walking alone in the woods, makes a pack of wolves, turns into one. So, so you know, a nice fun. You know what you need to watch movie. in the company of wolves, which yeah. is a film that came out oh, when I was a boy, mm-hmm. and it's that plot. But it's like it was made during an American Werewolf in London. Yeah, yeah. So it's got all those mad special effects to it yeah. where you didn't have restraint. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll definitely give that one a watch. But but yes, Wolf Walkers is good. Although I think that Soul will win. I don't want Soul to win. I would want a Shaun the Sheep movie <laughs> Farmageddon to win over it because it was clay animation and the Oscars love clay animation. Oh. They love that, don't they? They love the. The, that you can see the fingerprints. They really adore that. <laughs> but if not Onward, because Onward was a film that I don't even have a rubber and it made me cry. Yeah. Because it's a film where you think you're going to get one thing and you. it's an amazing movie. for Dis- It's a really bold movie for Disney because they make a film where you don't have the happiest ending but you somehow get the ending you wanted. And you didn't even know. And it was brave that they made like the older brother who's in the rock band as the nerdy guy mm-hmm. because it would have been so easy to make him like the jock like I've yeah. seen a thousand times before. But instead they make him into the nerdier character. And also it's just a more imaginative film than Soul because they've put everything and tried to apply it to a real world environment. So like that the, the, the um, stepdad is a centaur is brilliant and that he can run yeah. and gallop. There's no, I don't think there's anything in Soul that's that imaginative. That has that real. How are we going to put this in that? And that's what Disney do really well: is they go, "How would toys really act if they were acting in a world mm-hmm. that yeah. we inhabit?" Where Soul isn't about that. It's about the fantastic. It's about the unknown. It's about what we it's can't achieve. It's more conceptual, isn't exactly. It? Yeah. It's about like space. Mm-hmm. It's as if everyone got in a rocket and Soul and went into space. You're like, that's cool, but that you can bring something down to my level where I can watch it and go, oh yeah, they would have cars. And I like that as well. I like that they still have cars and they still have all the things that we know because they were lazy. And I think that's a really brilliant mindset. So that's why. So Joe, which animated feature do you think will win? So I think it's going to be Soul, but I really want it to be Onward because like Rob was saying, it was such a, a ballsy move for the story to tackle things like death and uh, just realising and appreciating what you have. And I think it was such a nice move for Disney to sort of um, teach kids about that sort of uh, story and, uh, like I said, appreciating what you have and um, sort of easing them into that sort of thing, which will be a big part in their life. I also think it tackles the topic of grief incredibly well much like Big Hero 6 which is still one of the most underappreciated Disney films yeah, ever did yeah agreed and it's it's that sort of thing where Soul doesn't tackle big topics it take, again it tackles a concept yeah. but not a big topic yeah because yeah. he doesn't die mm-hmm. he comes back spoiler yeah and <laughs> everything's happy in the end where 
uh, spoiler for onwards, it isn't a perfectly happy ending. The dad doesn't come back and it's all okay. No. I think that's a mm. really important thing to push towards. Oh, and he told me to give you this. So Sean the Sheep, just so we're clear, is amazing because it's Sean the Sheep and there's no <laughs> words. Sean the Sheep doesn't speak. How is that not brilliant that I you know. have a main character in a film that's nine minutes long and he doesn't speak? He bars. And also the person that thought of the title Farmageddon. Yep. He just needs an Oscar anyway. <laughs> yeah, like an honorary mention. He's going to monumentaries for Best Picture. I yes. don't care. Yes, yes, yes. Sean the Sheep, Farmageddon <laughs> should win. Next category, please. Actress in the leading role. Okay. Viola Davis for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Yeah. Audrey Day for The United States versus Billie Holiday. Mm-hmm. Vanessa Kirby for Pieces of a Woman. Frances McDormand for No Man's Land. And Kerry Mulligan for Promising Young Woman. I haven't even seen Pieces of a Woman. I bet you Vanessa Kirby will win it. Because Pieces of a Woman is supposed to be incredible. So heavy. It's about you having to... I am facing this. I am facing it! I am facing this! Well, I don't think you are. We need... We need some justice here. No, you need. That is what you want. That is what you need. That is... That is your way. That is not my way. That is what you need! I do really hope it's going to be Vanessa Kirby because I thought even in the fallout in the rest of the film, I thought she was exceptional. Mm-hmm. Like um, with like we spoke about in our episode, um, you know when they're going through like uh, the, the like the problems in hers and Shia LaBeouf's character's relationship and all that. It's you can fit. It's really realistic, really, and you can see it happening in the real world. But I don't think the Oscars, the Academy, are gonna actually appreciate that at all. No. They're just gonna think, ah, oh, you know, Nomadland. We yeah. liked it, so it's going to get everything. Yeah, I think if you're talking about realism, then I think I think it's got to be Frances McDormand, really, in uh, in Nomadland. I think that's a film that encapsulates a group of people that have not really been represented in cinema before, mm, like that true. that community and that society. And I think to seamlessly integrate yourself into that, and, and, and I believe that most of the people in it aren't actors. I it think. did feel very much like that. I think I yeah, yeah I, I think I think they are nomads, and she's just mm. kind of you know, push herself into that community and society uh, and become one of them. And I think to do that so well and to just slip into that community like that, um, I think it, sh- she does deserve it and she's very, very effortless and com- mm. com- convincing in her performance. My mom said that you're homeless. Is that true? No, I'm not homeless. I'm just houseless. Not the same thing, right? No. Frances McDormand, the whole film hangs on her. Yeah. Yeah. Where... I'd like Kerry Mulligan to win it because, yeah. you know, yeah. she deserves it and Promising Young Woman was really great. Mm-hmm. But it's a film that... I think she could... No, she won't win it because it's just not that sort of film. It's mm. just not an Oscar winner of a film. No. Like, it's it's just not... They're going to watch Frances McDormand and go, she gave everything. That was really subtle. That was perfect. Much like Gary Oldman in Darkest Hour. Mm-hmm. Very subtle, very commanding role, but nothing over the top. Mm. And I think you're right. It's because those people haven't been represented. That it's going to be almost a nod for them. That's why I think she'll take it. Okay. And promising young woman is just a little bit too controversial. Every week, I go to a club. I act like I'm too drunk to stand. 
And every week, a nice guy comes over to see if I'm okay. You okay? You are so pretty. I'm a nice guy. Are you? The, the character that Kerry Mulligan plays in Promising Young Woman, we've seen it before, really. Mm. I think, mm. you know, like, you've got your Margot Robbie's and Suicide Squad and yeah. that, like powerful female characters. Yeah. Obviously, there aren't many of them, but we have seen it before. Um, whereas this community that Francis McDormand's character um, fits into in Nomadland, we haven't necessarily seen this before. Um, so it's experiencing somebody's character arc and story that we we haven't necessarily explored before. So that's why I think that she will take it. But then I also like that in Promising Young Woman, um, Kerry Mulligan's character is in no way the hero. It's mm, very mm. clearly made that... And I liked the... In fact, we'll get to it when it gets the best picture about what I liked about Promising Young Woman and why mm. I think it's in for a shot. So mm. we'll leave that. But in summary, yeah, it's Francis McDormand. It's... Yeah, she's taking it. Well done, Franny. Okay, actor in a leading role. Here we go. Riz Ahmed, Sound of Mel. Chadwick Boseman in Ma Raimi's Black Bottom. Andy Hopkins... The father, Gary Oldman in Mank, and Stephen Yun in Minari. Okay, do you want to go first? Yeah, sure. Uh, is it the Ma- Is it Mank? No, it's not one. I'd really would. Riz- I'd love Riz Ahmed to win it. I'd love Riz Ahmed to win it. He's probably not going to win it. Gary Oldman might not even win it because poor Chadwick Boseman. We've lost him, and they're going to give it to him as like a thank you for his entire life because yeah. they've got to do it somewhere. Mm. They ain't going to ignore it forever, and. That speech that he does in the middle of the film, mm-hmm. like, is really powerful. And mm. it's not as powerful as Gary Oldman's whole entire performance. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, is Gary Oldman's still got more performances to give. Yeah. And mm. he's already had an Oscar. You know, a lot of people have already had Oscars. Riz Ahmed's going to have a second turn. He's going to have a lot more yeah. opportunities. This is it for Chadwick Boseman, unfortunately, which means he wins. I know how to handle white folks. I've been handling them for 32 years. Now, you going to tell me how to do it? Just because I say, yes, sir, don't mean I spooked up by him. I know what I'm doing. Let me handle it my way. Well, go on and handle it then. So, you know, you're always messing with somebody. Always agitate somebody with that old philosophy bullshit you be talking. You stay out of my way about what I do and say. I'm my own person. Just let me alone. Okay, so you think that Chadwick's going to win. You want Riz to win or Gary Oldman to win? I want Riz to win, obviously. I don't want Gary Oldman to win because I don't want Mank to take every Oscar that it's nominated for. Good, because I don't either. (laughs) (laughs) I agree with you. I think that Chadwick will take it posthumously. Uh, but then I want Anthony Hopkins to win for the father. You're living with your daughter at the moment? Yes, until she goes to live in Paris. No, Dad, why do you keep going on about Paris? You told me. No, I didn't. I'm sorry, Anne, you told me the other day. Have you forgotten? She's forgotten. <laughs> Paris. They don't even speak English there. I think his performance is outstanding. Um, just the way that he portrays this this frail old man losing his mind uh, and you're on that journey with him it, it was so so convincing and believable um, and I haven't seen a performance so believable in a long long time what do you think Joe? Nice um, I do agree with both of you thinking that Chadwick is going to win mm-hmm. because like Rob was saying the monologue he gives halfway through the film it's just so powerful and it stays with you days after you watch it and I I really want Riz to win as well because it was so good in that. I need you to wait for me, okay? You're it for me. Lose my heart. You're it for me, okay? You gotta wait for me. I do feel like he deserves to win, but again, Chadwick Boseman will win. Mm-hmm. I feel. I think it's 
it's not really a question anymore. Wakanda forever. Joe did the pose as if you'd see, you'd hear that on the on the podcast. Uh. It looks sort of like an annoyed father, sort of like Andy Hopkins looks in the father actually. So full circle. Ah, uh, you all know. You were, you could sense it. I'm not angry. I'm disappointed. Same. We all. We're moving on to cinematography. Okay. Four. Judas and the Black Messiah. Mank. News of the World. No Man's Land. And the Trials of the Chicago Seven. Okay. Let me go back to my original points. Is it Mank? No, it's not one. Mm-hmm. Everything I see here is good, but Mank had the cinematography because it was in black and white. Mank. 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 This is Herman Mankiewicz, but we're to call him Mank. Mankiewicz. Herman Mankiewicz. New York playwright and drama critic turned humble screenwriter, Mr. Hearst. This is a business where the buyer gets nothing for his money but a memory. What he bought still belongs to the man who sold it. That's the real magic of the movie. Like the little typewriter that you hear mm. and the establishing shot, and that's cinematography for you. Yeah. Whereas The Trial of Chicago 7 was great in the past, mm-hmm. not so bad. No Man's Land had zero cinematography, in my opinion. It was just, it was almost a borderline documentary, that film. Yeah. And Judas and the Black Messiah, again, had some strong cinematography, but nothing compared to Mank. Mm -hmm. And I haven't seen News of the World, but if it's a Western and it has good cinematography, it's got to be at Unforgiven or The Quick and the Dead. Yeah. And it's got to be on par with that. And from what I've heard about it, it isn't. Where Mank is a film that is... We're thinking of Mank. We need to think of Mank like they're looking at it like it's Schindler's List. That's reality. Yeah. That's just reality. Yeah. I mean, with Mank, is a cinematographer working with David Fincher, who is so meticulous with his shots as well. Um, I think it, it's worth saying that everything is, is so well put together in the frame. Um, I think Nomadland, what that has going for it is the landscapes. I think that that, that might help it along, and, and the, the scenery itself uh, within the frame is... You know, it lends itself to cinematography. Um, I think Chicago 7 is it's a great film narratively, but in terms of technically, maybe not so good. Um, so that's why I agree with you, Rob. I think that Mank will take it. What do you think, Joe? I do agree with both of you. I think Mank will take it, as it will everything else. And it was, it was original, I feel. Like, obviously not as original as most films are like um that means it's not original (laughs) yes let me backtrack (laughs) um it tries hard to replicate how films in the 30s and 40s would look and feel and i feel like that sort of callback to when most of the academy probably were in their prime um they'll really appreciate that and they'll think ah you know that's what we want to see. We want to have a callback to our heyday. And the thing is, with News of the World and Nomadland, the cinematography for both, same film. On to directing. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. We have another round, Thomas Vinterberg. Yes. Mank, David Fincher. Minari, Lee Isaac Chung. Mm-hmm. Nomad, Chloe Zhan. Yeah. And Promising Young Woman, Emil- Emilda Fennell. Emerald Fennel, yes. Emerald. Em- yeah, yeah. What a weird name, Emerald, but sorry, Emerald Fennel. Okay. Can I go first on this one? Yeah. I think that Chloe Zhao is going to win for Nomadland. Um, I think it was it was directed very well. I think 
Um, obviously, it takes a lot to command people that aren't necessarily actors and, and tell them what to do, which is um, is a very, very admirable skill to have as a director. Um, I actually want another round to win. Um, it's a foreign film. I, I think you guys haven't seen it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I haven't. It's a, it's a Danish movie about a group of teachers that decide that... Uh, well, that was, one of them hears in a study that uh, everyone it has an alcohol deficiency by like 1.5% or something. And if you stay at this constant level of, of a low drunkenness, your performance in terms of your mind and your body is better. Um, so they, they decide to put this to the test uh, and they all come together. Uh, uh, and yeah, and then hilarity ensues. There's, there's comedy, there's action, there's, you know, but I, I think in terms of direction, I, felt, I thought it was really, really well done. Um, there's, there are some dark scenes that deal with alcoholism and, and things like that, but there's also light scenes. There's a, there's a dance, choreographed dance scene at the end of the movie where Mads Mikkelsen is doing flips and running around, <laughs> running around in Denmark, which is really fun and, and really well shot as well in terms of direction. What do you think, Robert? I think Promising Young Woman. Okay. Because I think that film plays perfectly with our expectations and mm. it's all in the direction. So when she, when Bo Burnham gives her the, when Bo Burnham's her friend and it's all fine and stuff like that, and then she picks up the phone and can't stop herself from watching it, it's all in her reaction. You don't know what's on that. We don't see that. The moment where we do not see what's on the phone, we never see the act, which is crucial. Yeah. We never see the hinge point of rape or not mm-hmm. because it is ambiguous if it actually happens yeah, throughout true. the film it's yes. really ambiguous and we're never confirmed either way mm-hmm. and I think because it is part of the, when it, I think because it's come out now where all these exposés are happening for people like Harvey Weinstein mm. all this stuff yeah. I think that she has made that Emerald has made this film that is so brave even now to be like yeah but women aren't that reliable but yet they are mm-hmm. to make a morally ambiguous film and it all be in the directing it's you know it's not really in the screenplay it's all in her vision of this film is what is crucial yeah because the way that stuff like the way that she frames kerry mulligan right at the end of the film and they play the strings version of toxic by britney spears mm-hmm. is exceptional yeah. and it's that sort of and when you think that how the ending comes together and you don't, and you see the phone. It's very picked and chosen when you see what you do. Yeah. Where Mank is a sort of a straight line. Yeah. Where you see Mank. Mank's in almost every shot. He's in every bit, and it's not really pushed in one way or another. It's just that film. Mank's a great guy. He's got a bad deal with the cars. He's got an addiction. That's it. Where Kerry Mulligan's central character is morally ambiguous, and I think there's no other film that was brave enough to put that. Where Minari is about a tragedy that happens to a family that have been working hard, in, yeah. a, in, a, in a nutshell. Yeah. And Nomadland is about a tragedy about a woman that has already happened. Mm-hmm. And I think another round, the way you described it, is somebody experimenting with a concept. Mm-hmm. Where Promising Young Woman is about a woman who may or may not have suffered the trauma, but because she is so mentally damaged, she cannot get past her trauma. Mm-hmm. And that is something that needs to be recognised, especially right now, especially in this society. And I think she ain't going to win Best Oscar, she ain't going to win Best Film, mm-hmm. she might take director. <laughs> I thought we had a connection. Okay. How old am I? What are my hobbies? What's my name? Um, I do agree with you, Rob. I really do want Emerald Fennel to win for Promising Young Woman because the difference between the the actual story um, being so dark and uh, so really unheard of in films, really tackling that sort of... Uh, dark 
material uh, with rape and, uh, you know, a sort of a vigilante-type character, mm-hmm. um, you know, going out at night, pretending to act drunk, and then only to uh, expose men. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a... It was a really great polar opposite to how the film looks and feels. And all the cutting of it is like... When you start the film with, I was thinking about boys, it's a really upbeat... Yeah. It's almost like a Taylor mm. Swift number, but it's got that nastiness about it. And that's the same oh, with yeah. Toxic. Toxic mm. is about, I'm addicted to a boy, or what am I going to do? But it's nasty. Yeah. I would also yeah. like to say that it's very important that the director, that um, Emerald's recognised, because... People like Bo Burnham and I forget the other guys in it. Um, oh, um, Grace, not um, Mutz, Frankie Mutz. Mm-hmm. They come across as creeps. Yeah, they do. They yeah. come across as real creeps, and they're okay with that. To say to those guys, look, you know what? They, I mean, this this film, if it wasn't as good as it was, could have been career suicide yeah. for everyone involved. Yeah, and it wasn't. It was a redeeming film. It's not like Mank, which is a gamble. Mm-hmm. Mank was always going to be this film, and I think that's why. Promising Young Woman, again, needs to win Best Director because it was a gamble and you need to recognise the gambles. Yeah. And sometimes the Oscars do. Yeah. Sometimes they go, we like your style. Yeah, yeah. and they, they successfully flipped the genre on its head, I think, with yeah. this, this film. So, right. so, yeah. And finally, Best Picture. The Father, Judas and the Black Messiah, Mank, Minari, No Man Land, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, The Trial of the Chicago 7. I really want No Mad Land to win. Get because out. Sorry. <laughs> that was an alright film. Gal wasn't nominated this also, year. But... Also, saying Nomad Lad was an alright film doesn't make it best picture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but nowadays, saying it's really alright. It's a bit of alright. You know? You're Tinder. You're a bit of alright. That's why you're so <laughs> lit. Give me that cocktail back. You're losing. <laughs> I do think Mank is going to win because all around... All around, I feel like the Academy are going to say, oh my God, it really takes me back to my heyday. Oh. Why are all the... Because they're old white men. Really? Wow. Okay, they're the Muppets. The old guys from the Muppets. I never said said they're all old white men, in case you're listening to anyone on the committee. (laughs) I never said that, all right? Please listen to my podcast and ditch these two off. (laughs) That's getting cut. Um, (laughs) Snip, snip. I think that Nomadland will win. I think technically it's it's the best film. Oh, definitely. <laughs> um, it was an alright film. It was it's a film alright. It's an alright film, says Joe. Uh, it was an alright film. I thought the performances were great. Um, well, especially the central performance, of course. I think technically it looks beautiful. Um, I think narratively it could be seen as quite boring towards a general audience, for example. Um, but I think, like I said before, to encapsulate a, a community that's not really been seen on screen before um, was a very interesting endeavour. I think it was it was done very, very well by Chloe Zhao. So I think that deserves to win. Uh, but I want Sound of Metal to win because I thought the story as well as the technical aspects were pulled off really, really well. I think as a whole, it's the film that I enjoyed the most. Um, rather than just admired for its aspects. Um, so that's why I want Sound of Metal to win, but I think that Nomadland will win. Okay, so I'm going to just talk about why I think each are nominated, as well as why. Go for it. That's important, all right? Yes. So, the Father has clearly been nominated because it deals with mental illness, and it's an incredibly important film at this point in time. Yeah. Again, I haven't seen it, but I'm sure you guys will say about for its brilliance. Yeah. Jews and the Black Messiah could win because it is talking about race, and it pivots on its last half an hour, it's about an underplayed part of society that I didn't know about, about the rise of the Black Panthers, 
the issue that it's got is that it's about a spy in the Black Panthers and he's a spy in the first five minutes and then you can't really go up or down. You know, the tension doesn't really rise or go down because he's just this spy in the Black Panthers. And also, it's a true life story and you've got to sort of keep true to true life stories. And that is why I think something like The Trial of Chicago 7 is a stronger film because it was a compelling piece of cinema that was based on a true life feature and they had so many casts it had so much going for it it's also about a moment in society that we really don't know a lot about but it's became incredibly important now especially with people like the um new law that's just been passed where we're not allowed to protest together those sorts of things the finger on the pulse stuff mm -hmm. and that came out before that so it's really really clever and of course aaron sorkin again the sound of metal has been nominated because again it is a film that is about something that I'll never know about, where I lose my hearing, but it's something that is in intelligent because it's integral to his life. He needs to be a drummer, he needs to hear. And if he doesn't hear, he can't drum. So that is why that is an important film. Again, I don't think that will win. I might like it. Nomadland has been nominated because of the very first opening line, where it says that America just deleted a postcode. Mm. That's the reason. And then she's trying to deal with her loss. She's trying to deal with her grief. It's a film about a woman working through grief, but in a completely different uh, way to Promising Young Woman, which is an amazing movie about women who have toxic thoughts in their head and about the men who surround them who are also toxic and how we can flip that as predators, but the predators can become the prey. And that is why that film is most important. At the same token, I would go with that Mank is so, 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 so the Oscar film because it is a film about an Os writing an Oscar for a man who only won Oscar that is one of the greatest Oscar films of all time. That is why Mank has the triple threat. Maneri, on the other hand, is a movie about immigration and the people who are trying to chase the American dream, which the Oscars always love, and are yet still denied it ultimately. So there's all these things where they could love them. It's still going to be Mank. Still going to be Mank because it's by David Fincher. It's the most Oscar Oscar film I've seen in many years. They, he might as well have just gone to him. Listen, what do you want to win the Oscars? You want it in black and white, do you? You want Oscar Wilde in it? It's got a guy called Oscar in it. It's a, what you want it about? You want it about Citizen Kane? All right, I'll keep. David Fincher might as well just wrote to them and gone, give me a checklist. They sent it back and gone, yeah, all right, this. <laughs> I love an outsider bet, but I'm not stupid. <laughs> You can follow Real Villain on Spotify and all other good podcast providers. Do, do film reels dream of silly old heroes. Yes, that's the place to go. So I think, in the end, we can all say, well done, Mank. Well done, Mank. Question number one, are you Mank? No, if not, you haven't won an Oscar. <laughs> well, done. well done, Fincher. Well done, you've given this your finest. Remember Seven? Remember when that was brilliant? No, me neither, mate. <laughs> okay, so you two think that Mank is going to take it. I think yep. Nomadland's going to take it. No, my lad can't take it. It, it will take it. It will take it, trust it, me. It, it took the BAFTA. So what? The BAFTAs are only forerunners to the Oscars if the Oscars pay attention. And they aren't going to pay attention. Yeah, but Frances is going to win for her performance. Yeah? Chloe Zhao is going to win for directing. Mm, no. She is. She's yeah. up there. She's, she's a very good contender. No. So if you put all the pieces together... Are oh, you David Fincher in disguise? <laughs> are you David? Are you David? <laughs> I wish I was. I wish I was. That's yeah. all it is. It's, it's like if you put a film, it's like if you put, honestly, they're looking at it like it's Schindler's List. Mm -hmm. You put any film against Schindler's List, you could put Jurassic, put all of Spielberg's work against Schindler's List, and it's still Schindler's List. Yeah. And this is David Fincher's Schindler's List. Mm -hmm. We have to live in reality. And he's already taken it a lot for Seven. Yeah. So he's going to take it a second time for Mank because it's Schindler's, it's still Schindler's List. The real.
Oscars are this weekend. Thank you for having me, guys. It's been a pleasure. Namaste to you and your families. <laughs> it means I greet the good God and you say it back. It's all right. I'll teach, I'll teach you the language later. Don't worry. Na Put the vodka down, Joe. Put the vodka down. He's got a problem. That's it's a phase. That's why he's voting so badly. Thanks for listening, guys. I hope to catch you again. Thank you so much for listening. Hope you enjoy the Oscars, and we'll see you next time. Bye. See you, guys. Bye. Bye.